It's Thursday, December 10th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. With me today, Bill Barker in the house. Good to see you. I am in my house. It's right. good to be here. Uh, <laughs> we, we have, for the second day in a row, another red hot IPO. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to Starbucks hitting a new all time high. But we will start today with the social network. The Federal Trade Commission and 46 states have filed two separate antitrust lawsuits against Facebook. Both are alleging anti-competitive conduct that could result in Facebook having to spin off Instagram and WhatsApp. But based on the fact that shares of Facebook are basically flat right now, it kind of seems like nobody thinks that's actually going to happen. Well, the market as a whole doesn't think that's going to happen. You've got the uh, um, individual attorneys general, state attorneys general, FTC, thinking it might happen, hoping uh, that they're not wasting their time here. You've got people who are probably uh, involved in this for the right reasons and some who are involved in it for publicity or or I'm not sure what, but I, I don't know that a lawsuit that has uh, 47 leaders is the one that I would bet on being more successful than something more targeted. Uh, and uh, as you say correctly, the, the most important uh, observer of this, I would say the collective market, sees it as a non-event so far. And part of Facebook's initial response uh, is to say, and they're right to say this, um, Hey, Federal Trade Commission, uh, you cleared these acquisitions of Instagram and WhatsApp. You already had a shot when we came and said, hey, we're thinking about buying this company. Are you okay with that? And you were like, yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, well, that's a, that is a fact in their favor. And I guess that as things stand now, the monopoly power that is alleged by the FTC and uh, the states is greater uh, for Facebook today than at the time of the acquisitions. And so that would be one of their responses. Uh, a, you're more of a monopoly than we understood you to be. Uh, you've grown in part because of these acquisitions and you're abusing your power. Uh, I mean, ultimately, that's where the FTC or, or any plaintiff in, in an antitrust case like this has to get is A, your monopoly, B, you're using the monopoly power illegally. Uh, it is possible uh, to be a legal monopoly and to operate as a legal monopoly. Uh, and that is where Facebook would like to, behind closed doors, imagine itself to be. Yes, we're a monopoly. This is fun. Fun to be a monopoly. You get to have all the money. And, but, we're, but we're not the illegal kind of monopoly. Oh, yeah. I mean, let's be clear. If you're an investor and you can find a legal monopoly to buy shares of, Oh yeah, that's that's usually <laughs> that usually works out for you as an investor. Uh, yeah, and so if you're evaluating, here's the downside. Uh, downside is this is a case which ultimately goes against Facebook, and then I guess the sort of data that you would look at is how did AT and T and its shareholders do after the breakup? How did Standard Oil's shareholders do after that was was broken up? Because um, and how did Microsoft ultimately do in um, the aftermath of the government attempting to break up Microsoft 20 years ago? 
and that didn't come to fruition. Uh, the market moved uh, much faster than anybody uh, could have anticipated, and, and Microsoft's monopoly power uh, was revealed over the length of time to not be as potent as as was alleged. Uh, and you know, administrations changed and priorities changed. So, in the amount of time that it will take to actually see litigation like this all the way to the end, if if in fact that happens. So much will change that uh, I, I don't think that, uh, again, the market is, is giving this a lot of concern today. On Wednesday, uh, Starbucks held its investor day and talked about a significant rebound in the overall business and predicted earnings growth of at least 20% in fiscal year 2022, uh, which will start, uh, I would say, about 11 months from now, 10 months from now, something like that. So. Analysts clearly liked what they heard because shares of Starbucks are up four percent and hitting a new high today. Yeah, they've they've sort of reaffirmed, uh, raised the floor, I would guess, uh, on what the story is, and the the story in the immediate future looks a little bit better uh, than uh, than it was looking, and in the you know longer term, intermediate term. Uh, 10 to 12 percent is uh, pretty good. So, I mean, they're going to achieve that. They've actually narrowed down some of their unit growth projections uh, for both the U.S. and international. I think China is now estimated to, or you know, the the expectations are that they will grow China in the the low uh, teens. Uh, and rather than the mid-teens in terms of unit growth. And uh, what is the U.S., like uh, 4% unit growth, something like that, 2 to 4%. So, they're still opening a lot of stores, especially in China. They've got a long way to grow there. It's a good market for coffee. Uh, and, yeah, they're, they're happy with how they have done this year and looking forward to the next couple of years where they're they're going to continue to seemingly grow in the in the you know double digit percent. It, that's in terms of earnings per share. They're they're buying back some shares. They're not growing sales that fast, but they do expect to to improve margins a little bit through artificial intelligence. It, which will uh, be pretty impressive if they can pull that off. Because one of the other things they talked about was the investments they're going to be making in uh, changing. Up the footprint in the U.S. in terms of you know closing hundreds of locations, uh, revamping others, um, looking to invest more in uh, in drive-through and and that and sort of the the smaller footprint locations which are designed much more with people who are doing mobile app ordering and just cut, walking in and picking up. Um, so it, again, it'll be it'll be impressive if they can pull it off. But I think this is one of those situations where Kevin Johnson's track record as a CEO and the way that he communicates, uh, I think people know by this point that this is not someone who is given to hyperbole. You know, there there are CEOs out there who are given to hyperbole, and and they are entertaining to various degrees. Um, Kevin Johnson is. Um, uh, about as steady um, a CEO as I can think of in terms of uh, the way that he talks about the business that he runs. Yeah, uh, they've had a, uh, a number of good leaders, and uh, it was an interesting year, of course, for Howard Schultz. Uh, projection for his year would have gone a different trajectory, I guess. I don't know if you remember this, but he wanted to be president. I. <laughs> 
You know, I hadn't thought about the fact that Howard Schultz <laughs> came out and said he was going to run for president um, because I think that was, I don't know, 15 years ago. Or maybe it just feels like it was 15 years ago. It does seem like a long time ago. And yet, uh, do you consider like uh, drive through Starbucks to be a little bit exotic? Exotic in the sense that there aren't many around me. Yes, yes. Yeah, exotic yeah. in that sense, not in the sense like of when, when you are outside of your area and you come across the drive-through Starbucks. Like, oh, this is cool, a drive-through Starbucks. Yes, I love. Uh, I never get to go to one. Uh, years ago, I went to my hometown in Maine. I was staying in a, a small hotel, and when I when I got out of my rental car, I looked across the street. And not only was there a Starbucks, it was a drive-through Starbucks. And I, I did get excited. I was like, oh my God, there's a drive-through Starbucks in my hometown. There are none near where I live, you know, right now, but hey, here in my hometown, that's great. Yeah, we've, we've got, uh, if you expand uh, walking distance, I don't know how many are within walking distance of the office uh, now, because we lost one, but uh, still four or five. And yeah. Uh, and and there are none really around me either that that are drive through. So I, I consider that exciting and a good opportunity for Starbucks to retrofit some of their locations to provide more of that. Um, and uh, yeah, the mobility issue and the progress that they've made with their app and the percentage of, of order ahead uh, orders that they can fulfill. Um, gets better over time artificial intelligence will help uh with that and and the implementation of of the drive-through so i don't know it's just an, another good day for starbucks and its shareholders uh on a story that doesn't doesn't change a lot um but keeps uh keeps being in, in, you know, incredibly impressive a a true compounder on yesterday's show uh, john Ratanti and i tried to kill as much time as we could waiting for uh, DoorDash uh, to come out with an opening price on the day of its IPO. Uh, we didn't make it. Uh, DoorDash was up 85% on its initial public offering. And I mention all this because uh, Airbnb is going public today. It's expected to be the biggest IPO of the year in terms of money raised. It was priced at $68 a share at this moment, indications are that um, when it is available for trading, it's going to be at $150 a share, which, if I have the math correct, would make Airbnb as a company bigger than Marriott and Hyatt combined. Yeah, a different company uh, in a lot of ways, obviously. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, and to make the math even more sort of uh, alarming if you're worried about some of these things or uh, something to celebrate if you're thinking that uh, today's price is, is the best reflection of Airbnb's true value. It was going to be priced, the early, early pricing was 44 to $50 a share uh, after going through the whole you know, Wall Street IPO S1 process. And so there was enough enthusiasm for it uh, that those getting in first were willing to go uh, 68. And now the investing public at large just wants it. Just the, the, the initial buyers seem 
to just want it because it being more than a triple from three or four days ago um, by some you know sober analysis, uh, it indicates that there's at least uh, some optimism here that is setting those prices up to 150. I think you've got to got to be cautious about that. And it's a great company. Uh, it survived a tough year and is in, I think, a, a relatively more powerful position against the Hyatt Hilton Marriott's of the world than it was at the beginning of the year, where it was already looking much more like the future uh, than those companies that uh, look more like both the past and the present. Uh, so I am not a better against uh, Airbnb as a business, but uh, if it's coming on at 150, uh, I would say that is not enticing. <laughs> yeah, it is one of those things where I thought, boy, yeah, that might be an interesting company to own shares of. Um, this this is this is why we don't get in on opening day, right? I mean, this is this is why we say to folks, yeah, be careful about that because. Uh, uh, every year, there are people who just say, yep, I'm going to put in my order, and your order gets filled. It just gets filled at a price much, much higher than you thought it was going to get filled at. Uh, if you thought about what price it was going to get filled in at all, right? And, and that's the danger, is that there are people who are just buying it to buy it, or buying it because they think they can own it for a few minutes and make money. And you know, they see that some of this same discussion would have come around the Snowflake IPO, the Palantir IPO, and yet those things have been big winners for people who bought them uh, on the market on their initial day anyway. So, no one's lost on that kind of bet recently enough that there's any memory of it seemingly. And, you know, it, if, if there are millions of people that do remember the 19... 90s, the late 1990s, and some of the much flakier IPOs than what we're really talking about here. Um, but the the ability of investors to pay too much uh, during a lot of enthusiasm on day one, a lot of those people are, are staying out, but it just takes the, the people that uh, never saw that, haven't been burned yet. And I, I think that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure I would be thinking that uh, Airbnb uh, could be worth all the money in the world if I were a long-term employee and had, you know, options and, you know, things and put in my years of, of hard work. And why not? 150, sure. Uh, but uh, that would be, if I'm, I'm putting, I'm drawing up a little biased circle to put myself in, <laughs> right? And then declaring the problem with being in that circle is a, a little bit too much uh, myopia. Yeah, I mean, we can look at Airbnb at $150 a share and say, boy, that's a really rich valuation. But to your point, there is an actual business there, unlike in the late 1990s. Uh, flaky, I think that's a charitable word for some of the businesses that went public in the late 1990s uh, and what happened to those stocks and, and what happened to shareholders. Yeah, and Airbnb's uh, you know, asset light business, although uh, not not employee light necessarily. Uh, it, it can't run its business uh, without a, a large number of employees, many of whom were laid off earlier in the year when business dried up. And 
it, it, so it, there are real significant costs to this business. It's still uh, not consistently profitable, and I think that uh, I, I, I love what the business is is going to do and has done. Uh, but you know, this is a reminder that in the short term, the market is a voting machine, and everybody is voting by today. Two quick things before we wrap up. Uh, for those who have inquired, and a few, a few of the listeners have inquired, uh, we're going to be recording an apropos of nothing episode early next week, uh, and it'll show up in the Market Foolery feed probably at the end of next week. This is both a promo and a warning. Yes, this yeah, absolutely. This is a promotion for those who are interested in it, and this is a dire warning for those who have let us know over the years. I'm not interested in this. That's and we get that. We get that. That's go go ahead and just as soon as it shows up in your feed, and it's automatically downloaded. Just go ahead and delete it. I'm with them. I'm with them on <laughs> like there are, there are shows. Uh, that I, I listen to, and when uh, the hosts go into long uh, descriptions of their own personal life, I say, "Can you just get to the point?" I love your show. I love what you do. You just get to the get to what I came here for. Can we get to the so, guest? <laughs> yeah. So, so we're so we're we're going to be indulging in in our own you know uh, very very uh, light topic analysis. Right. And if anyone and wants looking to, for suggestions, I was by just going to say. Anyone who we, wants to suggest a topic, drop us an email, marketfoolery at fool.com. Uh, you know, in the past, we've talked about various Mount Rushmores. That's, that's always good. Hey, what's you know, the Mount Rushmore of stand-up comedy or, or just comedy in general? Um, Mount Rushmore. Uh, uh, Han Solo versus Indiana Jones. That was, that was one. Have we, have, we, have we covered that? We did that one before, yeah. Tiger v. Shark, of course. Shark, yeah, Shark v. Tiger. Yeah, who wins that? Uh, we're going into the Santa Claus Buddy Cop uh, movie or TV show again. Yeah. Um, well, in greater detail, because I think I think detail. I think Santa Claus uh, solving crimes. That's there. There's there's a lot to be mined there. Uh, we'll probably touch upon because uh, spoiler alert: we will be in a gazebo. <laughs> uh, we'll be touching on uh, briefly. The uh, Christopher Hallmark uh, lightly fictionalized uh, tale uh, of of your life via a Hallmark Disney or Hallmark uh, holiday uh, comedy romance. I think we're uh, if some people, to the extent that anyone is still listening, because we're done with the investing part of the show. Um, anyone wondering, like, is that code for something? No, we're actually going to be in a gazebo, and we'll 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 take a photo and 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 put it on the market fullery Twitter feed. A gazebo is a critical element to any Hallmark uh, holiday movie, in your uh, experience. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, and second thing before we wrap up, uh, happy first night of Hanukkah uh, for those who are celebrating. Uh, with that, Bill Barker, always good talking to you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday. It has a lovely body. Its legs are short and thin And when it gets so tired It drops and then I win I like to play with it <laughs> It loves to dance and spin A lovely game of dreidel 
come on now, let's begin. Dreidel, 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 I made it out of clay. When it's dry and ready, oh dreidel, I will play. Dreidel, 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 I made it out of clay. When it's dry and ready, oh dreidel, I will play. Short and thin, a happy game of dreidel. Come on now, let's begin. 